Welcome to the Testing Habits Podcast. This is Edward Anoyo. Today I'll be speaking with Inderjit Singh, software leader, manager and patent officer at Alstom, which is a rolling stock manufacturer which operates worldwide in rail transport markets. Currently, he is running three European and one Swedish national research project as main coordinator from Alstom on the TCMS, Train Control Management System side. We will talk about his experiences as a practitioner in the safety critical domain, smart delta project, communication and human aspects of software development. Inter, Inter is an inspiring person and has a great know-how, as you'll hear. I love talking with you, Inder, as always, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Yeah, Inder, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, for um, taking the time to do this interview with me. Um, thanks I- to you <laughs> to give me the opportunity, Eddie. Yeah. Gl- I'm, I'm glad to do this. Um, I was wondering, how did you start your career? Oh, yeah. So basically, uh, to be honest, when I will, when I always talk with my team and and you know, young guys. Now I'm, you know, I'm getting old, you know. <laughs> so I always say them, I'm an engineer by 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 fourth, not by really, you know, by choice. Because in India, it's a culture, you know. At that time, when I was studying uh, my school. Either you have only three options, yeah. Either you become an engineer, either you go to a government job, which is uh, yeah from the government, or you go to the to to in a medical, yeah. So I was one of them, and my father was also pushing me. Uh, so it was not my choice, but I did. I was okay in the studies, so managed to oh, had a good ranks in, in India, managed to end up in a in a decent college. Uh, but it was. Definitely, until like second year, I was not really enjoying it because it was not what I chose. Yeah, but uh, once you know, you always get into the details. You start, you know, start knowing things about that particular domain. Maybe you start enjoying. Yeah, and that's what exactly happened with me. So mm. I started enjoying software engineering a lot. After and from third, fourth year, it was like really coming to me. Yeah, uh, so I I say. I, and that was a learning for me, yeah. That and don't say that I don't like it until you don't try. So, my father pushed me a little bit. I tried, and it really got on me. And since then, I'm in this domain, and I'm really enjoying it. Maybe now, as I said, it's mainly because I have a bit of knowledge in this area, working in it, and try, and 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 I think I can see that I'm making a difference. Yeah. Mm. So that's what basically happened. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, I, I guess. From what you said, I see different different aspects that made you go on this path. And now, I mean, since I mean you're an a, an accomplished uh, lead uh, software leader and uh, a manager, and you've been an engineer for a long time. Um, how important was uh, were um, um, were the studies to you? How what did you get out of out of the you know studies you've done? Um, I think uh, when I look back, I, I really think that it's uh, it's really important to do your at least bachelor's and master's. Yeah, it's really really important because uh, this is where you build your fundamentals. Yeah, and I'm a strong believer of of uh, of a pers- of a thing that if you want to sustain in a software engineering or domain, you need to have a strong fundamentals. Otherwise, you will struggle on the way. 
because uh, and this is where you build in uh, this is what you build in during your studies so if you have a shaky fundamentals you will have struggle to learn new languages new processes techniques yeah and in our domain we need to continue learning because our domain software engineering is growing quite fast new languages coming in new products are coming in so i would say in when our uh, studies is uh, is where you 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 build uh, your basis and then when you go to industry or research it's more about scalability yeah applying those fundamentals to the bigger picture yeah so i would say studying uh, it's really important because it's kind of a training to 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 they put you in a different situation tough situation. of course small scale but as per your age is is good enough and then uh, you come out as as a, as a more uh let's say big in the domain so studies yes. i will really recommend that you know if you start do it even though it's sometime boring but it gives a long for a long term it is a really really important aspect yeah so i, I so I, i assume your background is in software engineering in um in in your education yes um, any any preference <laughs> in in well, or the courses you took was there <laughs> yes, a, you know was there a teacher that you know was uh, influenced you or a series of teachers uh, it was series of teachers yeah i would say uh, I, i by nature i'm a person who likes uh, changes a lot fast changes and i'm i think i'm i'm a person who is bit a uh, bit fast yeah trying to do things bit faster but when you are of that nature there is more often what happens is that you you miss the details yeah and then uh, that was the case with me when i was studying in school and uh, my teacher knew that i'm 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 very yeah i i can grasp things quite quite fast but i was doing these silly mistakes yeah I'm going in detail my results were not reflecting what i was or what i knew at that time yeah it is uh, so he told he really put me uh, who, uh he really had a trust on me and build me and taught me these things in that you need to sometime take a seat back relax breathe and also go in detail yeah so there was this teacher who really helped me to grow this trait also while you know working in a fast pace so he was in my school time like i was very young at that time 14 or 15 year old yeah uh, so he i still have a big impact uh, from this person his name was uh, he was in india he was a uh, chemistry teacher yeah so he really put a lot of faith on me and even though when i struggled uh, with the results you know what he was expecting he didn't give up on me so he really spent like two years of with me and then uh, you know that i think was a, was a was a breaking point for me where he he really yeah he really uh, you know many people were not really having faith in me until then and after that i i started uh, showing results even in the in the exams yeah because i had knowledge i think but it, it was not really coming out in, in the in the numbers yeah hmm. yeah i think this is very interesting since i i mean i i i've seen many many people having a similar experience as you you know having one like one or a series of teachers that influenced you quite uh, profoundly yeah uh, it's interesting to 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 see this so i mean going from your from your um from your education to to your 
practitioner experience. So you work in different positions in 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 Alstom, um, and and, uh, and I guess as a software engineer, manager, leader. Any experience about your work as a practitioner that could be you know helpful for someone that is not aware of how uh, you work or how Alstom works? Uh, I would say. Is again, I will go back to fundamentals. Yeah, so I had like multiple roles over my career until now in Alstom. Uh, I have worked like engineer where I was really into details. Then I was leader and I was leading multiple teams in parallel. Now I'm manager. Yeah, so it's different roles if you really think about it as, as a nature of work. But fundamentally, what I learned is that the three things that everybody, if they follow that, I don't think they will fail. Yeah. One is that, you know, be transparent, honest about your skills, yeah, and uh, don't be afraid to say I don't know. So transparency that you know, okay, I may not know one particular programming language, but uh, be open about it and transparent with your peers and manager about it, and then uh, don't be afraid to I say I don't know, but go back and work on it and come back, yeah. That's one thing. Second, I would say in all the roles I, uh, I, I felt is really important to be adaptable and flexible, yeah? Which means that, you know, in an industry is a fast pace, correct? Is uh, we are, uh, it's evolving every, uh, it's quite fast evolving, yeah? Then you need to be very flexible in learning new skills and also, uh, you know, changing the context of a work. Because sometime, or let's say most often what happens is that you're working on something, you're really in detail, and then suddenly your boss comes and says that, okay, now stop this, change to, uh, we need you to work on this. So instead of, you know, you need to sometimes let go things, park it and come back. So it's really important to be flexible and adaptive, yeah? And the last thing I would say is, is basically hard work, working, yeah? You need to work hard. Okay, you may be very talented, but it's still there are things you cannot know everything, correct? You still need to work hard to know about that domain and learn. And uh, mm -hmm. if you continue doing, it's my personal view, these three things really helps you to, to develop, yeah? If, uh, and also, you know, don't, complaining is good, but it's important to more talk positive and then, you know, you know, we discuss uh, issues, but um, don't be stuck with them. Start for, talk more about the solutions and finding uh, each, uh, finding solution for the problems here yeah, rather than stucking on a problem statement. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's good advice. Um, and I, I guess that's um, um, this comes from your experience also as an engineer and also as a manager, as a leader. And I'm I'm wondering how is it when <laughs> how is it to manage. Uh, or to lead a team of, you know, experienced people distributed across, you know, continents, uh, how hard it is to develop complex systems, um, yeah. teams like this. It is quite hard, to be honest. And uh, if I give you the example, when I become manager, it was, my first team was one of the tough team I had, yeah. Uh, because of various reasons. First is that it was very distributed. I had team, uh, team members in four countries, India, I had Italy, I had UK, Westeros, and Germany. So it was like very distributed team, different cultures and everything, yeah. 
Second is that uh, I had a pupil that were experienced like 20, 30 years in this domain, railway domain in Alstom. Yeah. So to ha uh, the the things I learned is that you know as a manager you need to be you you need to be different with every person because every person is different personality, correct? So you need to be adaptive as a manager, how you deal and listen to them, and 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 also you know help them to find a solution. One thing when I started this got this team, I I was a bit nervous because you know from a knowledge point of view I, I was I was not that old in this company. So one thing I realized that when you get a new team or as a leader, you need to build a respect, yeah, within a, within a team to to be succeeded. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have all the knowledge what uh, the team is around or the scope. Yeah, you need to be street smart a little bit, and and also you know provide them the 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 environment where they can speak up and discuss ideas, and then you pick out from them what are they they are talking, and then give them the answer. Yeah. Uh, but the key thing is communication. To be honest, is really really important. Because when you have a team in five different continents, or less five different countries, then uh, it's with, and with the time difference and culture, yeah. So it's really important to to you know, it's very hard for everyone to relate with each other, yeah. So you need to provide them a forum where they can, regardless of their culture they are coming from or country they are coming from, they can discuss about work openly, and have a respect of each other. If I have seen examples where you know uh, one team member does not respect other one because of various reasons, so, and when such things happen, you will have problems in a team. You need to encourage your team to always, uh, you know, treat everyone equally, give them give them the space to talk, and 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 openly. Uh, that's why what I did is that I was having month, let's say one to one discussion with everyone every week separately to be open with me and also created a forum in a, where you know I was there where they uh, they are open to talk about everything yeah and I was keeping keeping the team meetings every second week and there I was not focusing on on presentation I was mainly focusing as a open discussion so that they can really if there is something happening in a project and somebody is not happy they can speak it up and then we can sort it out yeah so as I said you know, you need to be very adaptive as, as a leader and you cannot really always uh, be in a coaching mode or mentoring mode or let's say blunt mode. It's different for everyone, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And uh, I guess this, um, I, I heard this from uh, other other people in, in industry that also, I mean, the communication is, is key and, um, um, I, I was wondering, is this something that you feel research should take into account? You know, when you develop a, te a technique or a technology that you want to <laughs> use to make, I don't know, the testing process, process more efficient. Do you think this also this human aspects that they need to be taken into account also? I, I, I strongly believe so, yeah, because uh, I, I worked in research also, as you know, so the big difference for me actually was this because when I was doing research, I was having only once uh, a month a meeting with my advisor, and I didn't even had a clue what my other peers were doing who were reporting to him or PhD student to him. Yeah. So 
and uh, sometimes you know uh, what happens is that we get the ideas when um, you have uh, cross domain discussions correct and mm. that was missing and uh, what i also i saw that in research when uh, the people are doing research they are so much into details um, they they get stuck of course that's their journey for a phd i totally ex- uh, think is the right thing but sometimes they need a little bit of push and an open discussion to to get out that the box yeah mm. if they are falling there so and also uh, what i observed is that during this 3 4 5 years of phd let's say uh, they are so much in a detail they start losing uh, some social aspects yeah which is maybe not a good because if they might want to change the the industry later or let's say domain from research to industry they time to time struggle yeah so that's my view maybe i'm totally wrong i don't know eddie you maybe you can <laughs> add few lines there <laughs> no no i i i would i i can i can tell you that, that what you said is uh, uh yeah it's the, the core of uh, of what um what research what many researchers are doing now especially when uh, it's in, it's important to um i mean one the whole idea is that software is built by humans yes. and i mean the whole idea is that in order to you know ensure the quality in the final product you need to create systems that you know humans can understand and reason about and i mean human factors in software engineering are very important because mm. yeah and i i, I think uh, in, in studying this um these aspects are important because technology is not in a, in uh, is produced in a vacuum yeah um, and these are vital i think uh, as you said uh, to a successful completion of a, of a project i totally agree there there are a couple of conferences and uh, and um workshops that are are dealing with this human aspects yeah mm-hmm. so I yeah. totally agree with you um but uh, how so you did i know you did also research during your career so how did how did this come about how did you manage did you do it in sweden or was it even before that you were interested in research no i did uh, my research after i completed my masters in sweden and i did it in france uh, institute called inria yeah so uh, in france mm-hmm. so i was there for 2 3 years so i did my research on electromagnetic radiations yeah wow. so it basically uh, when i was doing masters i i i thought that i'm a more of, of a person who is more technical so that's why i chose that and uh, I, that's the reason i went into research i was not very tempted by the industry at that time yeah to be honest because i had the previous experience in in industry in india i was working in motorola where i didn't had really good experience to be honest yeah it was not let's say the environment point of view it was not very good experience so based on that i made my decision to do research then i went to inria in france where you know i spent 2 3 years and uh, to be honest uh, around after 2 years i'm i started making my mind that i want to go back to industry yeah uh, and then i realized you know we are human we we learn every day yeah and and then the we i learned what i wanted more what i enjoy more than uh, doing than um, you know what i'm doing what i was doing at that time which was research yeah so then i decided to come back to industry 
it's an interesting combination that I, I've seen in many successful um, people that come back to, to uh, after a while, they come back to research. So they get so much experience in industry uh, when they come back to, to research and they do research um, in collaboration with uh, well, industry academia, they have this uh, quite a lot of experience. Uh, and that's much helpful than you're just doing research, you know, uh, without having knowledge about how to develop a complex system. Um, yeah, that's a, that's that's interesting. So, I mean, right, coming back to maybe the present is now you are part. We are both of us part of a of a research project called Smart Delta, um, and this project is quite large. It has quite a lot of use cases, partners. Alstom is one part of, of, of Smart Delta, and the project is on, maybe I can say it, on automated quality assurance and automation when you're developing incrementally industrial software systems. And I'm wondering, what is your ultimate, ultimate goal uh, in, in this project? So basically, if you see, uh, I don't know, if you see our use cases, yeah, from Alstom perspective, uh, just uh, going a bit in a background so my department which is tcms yeah is very close to customer it's very very close and we have a lot of releases just to give a example uh, in one of the projects in in uh, in my department called eventra uh, we are delivering trains for uk market and uh, it's we are running five projects in parallel in last three years we did over 700 releases yeah and this really fits in with the, with the smart data because as we as you explained, iterative really uh, updates, yeah. And uh, what we learned there is that if you focus on, on our use cases, our main there are mainly two aim, uh, main goals for us. One is to lift shift the defects that we are finding late in the cycle or by the end customer through this uh, you know iterative releases that we're doing for software. Yeah, time to time we are getting a lot, and it's one of the quality aspect, yeah to improve the software quality so that we send the software that will not have, you know, that will have less defects than we, what we they, it has now, yeah? Another aspect of uh, why what we want from a smart delta is to, you know, during this process, we have a lot of manual work that we are putting in. We want to reduce that manual work. For example, one of our use cases is automating the code review, which may sound like a small use case, but considering the technologies that we are using or tools we are using, it's it quite complex and it's really a lot of man hours that my team is putting in. So cons uh, just, you know, if you do a small math here, 700 releases we did in last three years and every release have more or less like 30, 40 work items that we deliver. And uh, how many, we need at least two people to do the code review. So it's a lot of man hours, yeah. If we can automate that, that will directly will help us to you know, save a lot of money and also human errors, yeah? So ultimate goal for us from a smart delta perspective is that um, we want to improve the quality, left shift the defects and automate our processes more and more, yeah? Uh, and that's uh, very interesting for us because we are two different departments entering a smart delta, TCMS and propulsion, both are, you know, Let's say from a process point of view, we are both similar way. We both follow V model with iterative approach, uh, but they have a different tool set. We have a different tool set, and that's also is a good uh, combination for a smart delta because 
standardization, whatever tools will be developed by academia or solution providers, they need to keep uh, the standardization in mind. So mm -hmm. that's basically our goal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That this is very interesting, and I, I'm, um, I guess the pro, I mean the project. I, I, I shouldn't guess because I should know that the project is until I think it will run uh, until 2025. Yes. So it's the the idea would be to to um, use these improvements uh, in 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 your in your projects and see if they how they work. I guess. Um, how how important is to have this uh, um, exchange of information between you know different companies in different domains and uh, academia and industry? Is that something that you feel helps? Uh, I think it's very vital for us as Alstom, yeah, to have this um, uh, this kind of projects. Uh, or exchange of knowledge between academ with academia and other uh, industry partners. Because uh, if you see Alstom is now second biggest company in the world. And what I saw, because I worked in Bombardier, which now we are Alstom, uh, and Alstom is a high, high focus on R&D because we want to be pioneer. And it's really important for us. And Alstom from top management is also, you know, kind of uh, uh, giving us a message and pushing us to be more and more involved in uh, with uh, such R&D projects and um, so that we can be you know we can continue be uh, be pioneered in this domain and uh, uh, another thing if you see is a positive for us that we have this new you know innovation center that has been opened in Stockholm uh, and Westeros together so this is a sign that you know uh, Alstom as the company is putting a lot of faith in this region for R&D and now it's our duty to increase and make it more uh, successful. So, as I said, it's really important for us to be part of such projects and learn from other industries what they are doing, how they are doing the things and how they are moving ahead in digitization. And uh, we are also going in, a, in, a, in the same direction. So, it's I would say it, uh, this is a, something we want to, uh, we, we are taking it very seriously and we want to, continue building on to, on it yeah mm. yeah and uh, yeah this is this is um i'm 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 thinking now that you you talked about so many different aspects and it shows that uh, um you have um <laughs> you you did a lot of things during your career to, to and, and to get here and what i was wondering going from this research to you know um, uh, um, uh, from from research to education, from um, practitioner um, um, experience. What's the one thing that you wish you had known when you began career? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a hard question, yeah, Eddie. But uh, I was thinking about it, so I think one thing I observed when I look back about about my career is that when I started uh, when I get off, out from my education and started my career, uh, I was not that confident, to be honest. And I, I was lacking a lot of confidence in me, even though I think I had a knowledge at the time in my domain as per my age, but I was lacking a lot of confidence. So I would say, you know, if I would have been more confident at the time, 
which I see in some of you know master thesis student which I am advising. I would have been maybe yeah more ahead I would say, but uh, it took me some time to learn this because uh, you know maybe the reason was that I come from India. Uh, my background, my education, because there the education system is a bit different. Is more like, um, you know, it's not that practical aspect there. Yeah. So uh, I was lacking this uh, confidence because of that, because I didn't apply my knowledge from anywhere else. Yeah. Mm. So when I came here in Alstom, I it took me some time to understand, and then I realized that it doesn't matter is it India or Sweden or or any other country. It's it's the same kind of uh, knowledge we do when we do studies of engineering at the end, yeah. So it took mm. me a few years to understand that I knew all those things which people are learning now after two three years of career. So I was lacking a bit confidence. That's what I that's for what I would say. So I would mm. encourage young guys to be a bit, you know, I would not say overconfident, but at least be confident about what they know. Mm. That's a good uh, that's a good advice. And maybe this is a good segue to uh, because I, I I'm always trying to to get um, um, to get more advice for young engineers and students that um, are listening to to this. Um, what, do you have any advice that for for engineers and students getting started in software development and testing today? What skills do they need if they would like to you know work in a company? Um, such as Alstom, what would they need <laughs> to know? Uh, you know, I have been doing a lot of hirings in last three, four years, yeah. And uh, my, you know, it's very hard to understand a person in one hour or two hours of interview. But uh, usually, you know, uh, I have been interviewing with different managers also in different departments, yeah. One thing we all agree to the core is that, you know, if a if a young guy we want to hire, we really focus. We want. We really want to understand funda how good he is in fundamentals. Yeah, because you know our industry anyhow is very specific. Is real world domain. We have our tools, our processes, our languages where we work on. Uh, but as if you have a good fundamentals, really good, you need to be really good in your fundamentals, like you know object-oriented programming. Or you know what are the what is development methodology? What is agile? Small things. It looks like small, but these fundamentals really helps you to to learn new things. Yeah. So I would really say that every young person or a graduate coming from university, they should really focus on the fundamentals. And then you know, it's not if you have a right fundamentals, right level of fundamentals, then you can learn new things. Yeah. Mm. And the motivation. So motivation to 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 learn and and you know put yourself under challenge a little bit. So I don't I cannot recall any example where you know a person has a good fundamental and really struggled to 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 learn new things. So that's my view. Mm. That's 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 useful. Um, <laughs> now that I I I I was thinking about what you said and. Also about about research and and um, I wonder. So you've been author of papers, yeah, of these scientific papers. Also, you've been involved in that part of the of, of the work. Um, and I was looking at um, the most cited paper you have, and it yeah. was very. It's called comparison of cross-platform mobile development tools. And it's quite highly cited. 
uh, yeah. paper. Do you did you have any any opinion? <laughs> Do you want to say something about it? I was very. It's a it's a it's a good story to be honest. Yeah, so it actually happened when I was studying in MDU like ten years back. Yeah, so we had this course. I, I don't know if you know this research methodology. Yeah, which I think Wasif is running now. Yeah. So uh, this course asks you to write a paper. Yeah, and uh, then uh, for just to pass exam. Yeah. So me and my friend uh, at the time, uh, Emmanuel Palmeri, we both said, okay, let's uh, write a paper together, yeah, for to pass this exam. So we wrote this paper, and then you know we both were like uh, bit ambitious guys at the time. Let's put it this way. We said we said, okay, why don't we just go for a conference? We try that, yeah. So we put a lot of effort after passing this exam uh, on this paper and improving this, and uh, we got the help from Antonio Chiketi uh, from MDU to you know tweak a little bit with the language we didn't know at that time how to you know write a conference paper in in a, it was our first time so how to write a conference paper in a in 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 in, in that kind of language yeah so yeah he helped and then then we continued working so to be honest we after passing our even education it took like 3 4 months for us to continuously working on this paper and then we got selected for this paper and uh, about the citation i would say maybe that paper was a uh, we were a bit lucky with the time and content about this paper because at that time there was a lot of uh, discussions and and about this android and ios and things like this yeah and that paper was basically about uh, cross platform development you develop once and that can be compiled on a different operating system so maybe that's the reason that we uh, we got a lot of citation but it was uh, <laughs> i would say we we did put a lot of effort at that age yeah at that time uh, to to make it happen yeah this is very interesting and i i will uh, i will put the the link to the to the paper in the notes um the paper is a comparison of cro- cro- cross platform mobile development tools and it was i guess published in 2012 yes Um, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting story, um, yeah. and a successful one. Um, yeah. yeah. Just so, to add one thing, yeah, we didn't even please. had a funding about this paper to attend the conference. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't had any funding, nothing. So it was, let's say, ourselves. Uh, we we challenge ourselves, yeah. So we yeah. found our own funding and things like this. So it was a bit of a learning. So we learned a lot from this. so this is maybe something also i want to say to the young guys yeah don't be afraid to try yeah as uh, as at, at most what happen you will fail but you will learn a lot yeah i think that's a great advice and uh, i can only concur that that's yeah that's the case um well <laughs> um uh, all the best in your in your career not only as a software engineer manager Later, in there apparently you you have a career also in in research <laughs> in the scientific I, yeah yeah i hope we continue working together and then we make it more uh, let's say important uh, good for both of us and for our our our, our departments yeah and I'm, at yeah. the end maybe we help to to make a bit difference in 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 in, in our our domain yeah Here, here. I I totally agree. Um, in there, just my last question: Where can listeners find you online and uh, the projects you're involved? Is there a way to get in? I guess it's. Do you, there is this LinkedIn, or do you? I 
I think easiest is to find me on LinkedIn. Otherwise, mm. I think uh, I have listed down my all the research projects that I'm working on. So I think uh, mm. from Smart Delta website also they can find me, mm. and uh, yeah, other projects that I'm involved. So I think LinkedIn is the easiest. I would say I'm yeah. not very uh, Insta and 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 a Twitter guy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's it it yeah, I think it's good just to yeah to have. Um, I was just wondering if they if people want to know more. About and uh, uh, the projects you're involved, they can go then to LinkedIn. I'll put the link also in the in the notes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you so much, Inder. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Eddie, for inviting me. And um, yeah, let's uh, make Smart Delta success. Yeah, thanks a lot. Let's do that.